from WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station. Welcome. I'm Warren Odestulet, and this is A Baha'i Perspective. Welcome to A Baha'i Perspective. I recorded an interview with Susan Engel on April 29, 2019. Susan is a musician, poet, and author. Her recent work is a biography entitled Robert Singstack Abbott, A Man, a Paper, and a Parade. Every year in Chicago, there is a Bud Billiken Parade for children. One of the purposes of this book was to let young adults know how this parade came into being as a result of Robert Singstack Abbott. Robert Singstack Abbott was an African-American lawyer who, in 1905, founded the newspaper The Chicago Defender. Susan explains how she was inspired to write this biography and reads an excerpt from the book. Susan also shares some poetry in the interview. I started the interview by asking Susan where she grew up and what was religious life like growing up. Well, most of my childhood was spent in Granville, Ohio, a small town, about 2,000 people. My religion was Episcopalian, and I was in love with my religion. <laughs> I still am. I mean, I love Jesus very much. I wanted to be a saint. I don't know if you grew up in the Christian church, but there's a, a hymn that goes, I sing a song of the saints of God, and it's going to make me cry. Oh, my gosh. Patient and brave and true, and that's what I wanted to do. When I got older, I thought I wanted to be a nun, an Episcopal nun. In those days, you could be a nun with a habit and, you know, be a contemplative even if you wanted to be. But actually, my priest told me that I couldn't be an Episcopalian and not believe that Episcopalians were the ones on the right hand of God and nobody else. And I thought, well... I don't think I can believe that. So I gave up that idea. But I did get to be Maria in The Sound of Music. So I got to be a nun for a short time and married several times. I mean, the play more than once. So <laughs> Describe for us your spiritual path that took you from being in love with the Episcopal Church to becoming a Baha'i. When I was little, there was a painting in the the lower part of the church of Jesus with the children that said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And that image of Jesus surrounded by children was really embedded in my heart. But when I got older and I discovered that I really wasn't going to be a nun anymore, I started searching in a way. In the 60s, there were different ways to search. Or in the 70s then... Then one might wish today, you know, I tried marijuana with friends and all kinds of different drugs in college, looking for a community, really. And there wasn't a loving community smoking pot together <laughs> or any of those other things that people were trying. Before I went to college, actually, I got involved with the Pentecostal movement in the Episcopal Church where people did laying on of hands and speaking in tongues. 
And I began to have visions at these meetings I would go to. And the visions were all of Jesus holding hands with children and circling the globe. And I knew that I had to find whatever it was that embodied that picture, all starting from that painting in the church. And it was actually when a friend of mine came to college then, he had been for a semester to where I went. Actually, I went back to school in Granville at Denison University. He was there for one semester and kind of spent his time reading Plato and contemplating the universe and garrets and painting and he never went to class so after a semester he wasn't going to be at school anymore and he went to find his path and went to California and found the faith and when he came back to Denison on his way home he stopped and we prayed and read from the writings of Baha'u'llah all night long and that's when I discovered maybe this is what I've been searching for And it wasn't until a year later that I actually discovered there was more than just my friend who was a Baha'i, but there was a whole worldwide Baha'i community. And then I could uh, really understand more about what this was that I wanted to be a part of. Speaking of children and working with children, were you the editor of a Baha'i Children's Magazine? If so, could you describe what that magazine is and what you did with it? Well, I ended up an associate editor, actually. It's a, a magazine called Brilliant Star that is sponsored by the Baha'i Faith. And actually, it's a magazine for all children of any faith or no faith, pretty much is a guide to children on how to implement virtues in their lives to make them happier beings. There's a prayer that goes, Oh God, guide me, protect me, make of me a shining lamp and a brilliant star. And that's where the title comes from. So I started as a music editor, actually, just part-time from my home. And eventually over time, I moved to the close to the town where the magazine is produced and went to work every day there for 23 years or something like that. And I recently retired. Associate editor did all kinds of things, copy editing, writing. I did a lot of interviewing and some fiction, a little thumbnail biographies. It's sort of the seed for what came later. And you've now recently published a book called Robert Singstack Abbott, A Man, a Paper, and a Parade. What inspired you to write this book? Well, partly it was retiring. I was a little in despair because it was such a creative job, a lot of writing every day. And I thought, well, this is coming to an end. What shall I do? And uh, a friend of mine, knew I was retiring. I had been to a talk by this gentleman's great-grandniece named Maidi Sengstack, who works for the Chicago Defender, a newspaper in Chicago. The talk ended by saying that this person, Robert Sengstack Abbott, needed to be known by the children because every year there's a big parade in Chicago called the uh, Bud Billiken Parade, and the children go by the thousands and the millions It's the second biggest parade in the United States. Everybody knows about Bud Billiken, but they don't know 
about the man behind the parade. So it was her hope that someone would arise and write the story so the children would know him. And she got up in touch with me and said, you should do this. And I, I kind of smiled. I never written a full length book before. And I didn't know that that was even possible. So I tried, it took about a year, but with the research and the writing, it happened. And the publisher that looked at it, wanted it, and now it's a real book. I'm speaking with Susan Engel, singer, songwriter, poet, and author. And we're talking about her new book, Robert Singstack Abbott, A Man, a Paper, and a Parade. As you indicated uh, just now, this person wanted this book to be targeted toward young people. Did you find that a challenge? Well, no, because the magazine I worked for also was for young people. And I didn't wasn't attracted to writing us, you know, a academic biography. I wanted to tell the story. When I was a little girl, I I read biography kind of like candy. <laughs> in the library in, in my little town, there was a series uh, published by Bob's Merrill, and they all had orange covers. And they were biographies of mostly men, but some women. It was such a treat to read those books. And I'd forgotten about that until I contemplated writing a biography. But when I did, it was like, oh, I think I, think I can tell stories. You know, as long as I don't have to uh, make it dry, <laughs> as long as I can make the person come alive, I think I can do this. So that was my hope. Why don't you tell us about Robert Singstack Abbott? Well, he was born two years after the Civil War. His parents had both been enslaved. His father was a, a butler and sort of an overseer of the the slave population on a plantation in Georgia on St. Simon's Island. And his mother was a mammy for another family. They didn't meet until after the war, and they were both in Savannah and were married not too long after they met. Robert was born when his father was away from the plantation. They, they had a little store on the island and his dad was away getting purchasing supplies, although he liked to be away. <laughs> Just because he was, you know, newly liberated and excited about life off of the island. So anyway, by the time Robert was ready to be born, his father was gone and his mother, Flora, gave birth all by himself, herself to this little baby. No, no doctor, no nurses, no friends, nobody came to help her, so it was a a difficult beginning. But it was Thanksgiving Day. I think his difficult beginning might have been given him a an edge of stubbornness that he he relied on later in life to get through many tests. At any rate he was a strong young man who made it. His sister who was born a year before him had died as an infant so his mother was very anxious for him to of course make it through the first few years of childhood his father died when he was four months old so 
they moved to Savannah to be with his mother. The tale is a long one from what happened there, but the good news is that his mother married again, married a man who was a minister and gave him a very strong foundation of being a wonderful person no matter what the color of his skin because his the whole society was telling African Americans that their color made them inferior and less intelligent and all the things that people ascribe to African Americans if they don't understand about the oneness of humankind that we're all one family. I'm speaking with Susan Engel, singer, songwriter, poet, and author. And we're talking about our latest book, Robert Singstack Abbott, A Man, a Paper, and a Parade. So, Susan, why don't you tell us what the significance of the title, A Man, a Paper, and a Parade? Oh, it's interesting. It was poetic. (laughs) I don't know. When you have three things in a row, somehow it sounds just right. But obviously he was a man... Uh, the paper that he started after trying the law, he has a law degree. He thought he could be a singer. He was offered a scholarship to what was is now Juilliard School of Music, but was encouraged to turn that down. He actually got another degree and before the law degree in printing, and that's what he turned to in the end. His father wrote a small local newspaper and he helped with that as when he was growing up and older his father really thought that the printed word could help save the world that you could get messages to especially african-american community that would help them empower them and make them understand their worth and their beauty as as a group of people so he was not young when he began, and he had 25 cents in his pocket, and he decided to rent a, an office space and had enough money for paper and pencils and started the Chicago Defender all by himself. He was the writer, the editor, the copy boy. The, you know, he marketed it. He sold it on the street. He found the people who wanted to buy it. It began as a very modest enterprise, but over the years... I think the subscriptions got up to almost 300,000 people and provided a good living for him. Actually, he was one of the first African-American millionaires in this country. As he was going along and the paper developed from sort of a a one-man band who would report uh, events on the street, from people he would talk to, to the people coming to Chicago who are African-American to speak or just to visit. It turned into sort of a, not a gossip rag, but a, just a, a local paper into a place where people who are disenfranchised, who had no voice, could talk about their experiences and often negative experiences and show what actually had happened to them. The, White press at the time was not interested in justice. They weren't interested in the African-American side of what it was like to be attacked by the Ku Klux Klan or to be lynched or the things that were happening. The truth of them was not getting out to the people. So part of his reason for being was to allow people to tell others about what they were going through. And eventually it turned into a place where... Mr. Abbott could encourage 
people living in the South under Jim Crow to come North and try living in Chicago in particular, but eventually many other cities, just to see what it's like to be able to get equal pay for people. You didn't have to get off the sidewalk. If someone, if a white man was coming toward you and you were black, you could, it was much more of an equal situation, although we know, you know, it wasn't equal at all. But compared to the Jim Crow South, it was a whole lot better. So his work on the Chicago Defender helped the great migration of African-American families north. Part of his job later on was to reach the children of his community. I mean, you couldn't even be a Boy Scout as an African-American child. So he thought that a section of his paper dedicated to children would help them in this social situation they were in. And indeed it did. You know, he had newsboys who he also wanted to encourage. So he would get them together once a year and do a wonderful day where they would could eat candy and hot dogs and, you know, listen to music and do contests and become the king or the royalty of the newsboys for this parade based on a character that he had made up with one of his editors called Bud Billiken. So the Bud Billiken parade started in the 1920s, and it's still going today. So that's where the parade and the paper came from. <laughs> I'm speaking with Susan Engel, singer, songwriter, poet, and author. And her latest book is Robert Singstar Abbott, A Man, a Paper, and a Parade. Susan, would you like to read an excerpt from the book? I'll try. And the reason I say that is that when I read this talk that he gave, it's very moving to me. So I'll see if I can get through it here. It's very short, but he attended the annual national convention of the Baha'is of the United States in 1935. And someone saw he was there. And because he had published articles about the Baha'i faith and the defender, they asked him to stand up and address the crowd. And this is what he said. Dear friends, happy am I to see people whom I have been praying to God all my life to see. Those who recognize me as a man. Everywhere I have traveled, I've been received as a man, save in my own country. Here, my people have been cruelly treated and even burned at the stake. Abdu'l-Bahá in America put his hand on my head and told me that he would get from me someday a service for the benefit of humanity. I am identifying myself with this cause, and I go up with you or down with you. Anything for this cause. Let it go out and remove the darkness everywhere. Save my people. Save America from herself. So I'm speaking with Susan Engel, singer, songwriter, poet, and author. And we were just talking about her latest book, Robert Singstack Abbott, A Man, a Paper, and a Parade. She just read an excerpt in which Robert spoke at a national convention of the Baha'is in the United States. And it was a very moving excerpt. Thank you, Susan. You have a website. Is it pronounced iambicnana.com? That's right. 
Yeah. So tell me about your website. Well, I started writing poetry for children when, when my children were little. And actually, the magazine that I ended up working for published about 70 of those poems. But they've just been kind of sitting in a corner. <laughs> I have a son-in-law who develops websites, and he volunteered to help me put them there so that people could visit and uh, use them in their daily lives or their children's classes or wherever a poem might be needed. And so they live there now, and I'm so happy that they're accessible and people can put them to good use. And you also have something called Tiny Books. Is that, am I got that? Do I have that right? <laughs> That's right. Before I uh, retired, I, there was a, another conven- national convention, not the one where Mr. Abbott stood up to speak, but a more modern one, the Universal House of Justice, which is an institution in the Baha'i faith that is elected from people around the world had written a message to the convention about how important it is right now to let people know about the founder of the Baha'i faith, Baha'u'llah, to find a heroic way to do it. So I I don't walk too well. I have arthritis. And I was thinking, well, I'm not going to be able to be too heroic physically, but maybe I can do something creatively. And it just so happened that in 1917, a gentleman named Roy Wilhelm had published a little book, which he called Little Ben. It was about one and a three-quarter inches square. And in it, he basically uh, wrote a a little bit of history and a few of the principles of the Baha'i faith. He gave it as a present to everybody who was attending that convention in 1917. One of those people was a woman named Martha Root, and she was excited about traveling around the world to let people know about Baha'u'llah. And it was just so convenient that this little book would fit so many hundred copies in her suitcases. <laughs> so it was Martha Root who, who actually carried it with her and would give it to people that she met and to newspapers so they could write about the Baha'i faith. And I was inspired by this little book and thought, well, maybe I can make a new tiny book because they weren't in print anymore. So I prayed about it. And one morning I woke up and I just started writing. And it, being tiny, it didn't take me all day, just <laughs> a couple hours. And there was a tiny book. So I decided I would publish it so people could carry it with them easily. And, you know, when you see a tiny book, it's not too scary. So I have yet to have anyone say to me, I don't really want to look at that tiny book. Most people like it a lot. So that was happening just before I retired and helped carry me over that fear of there's nothing creative for me to do anymore feeling. (laughs) And a tiny book was born. You know, it's on the website, too, along with a tiny prayer book. So I'm speaking with Susan Engel, singer, songwriter, poet, and author. We talked about her latest book, Robert Singstack Abbott, A Man, a Paper, and a Parade, and we were just talking about her website, 
iambicnana.com, which, which is I-A-M as in Mary, B as in boy, I-C, iambicnana, N-A-N-A.com, where you can find her tiny books and your poetry. Now, I'm going to spring this on you without any preparation, but would you share with us one of your favorite poems? I will, and it's not, oh, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only one I have memorized. I would rather do another one that I could look up on my phone real quick. Okay. It'll probably make me cry, too. I'm so sorry, Warren. It's just my well, name. You know. Because you got a crier here. <laughs> okay. This is called Hooray for Skin. Rejoice and celebrate the skin that keeps the veins and muscles in, that keeps the cold and germies out. That is what skin is all about. Suppose when God created skin, he turned the skin side outside in, so when you talk to Mrs. Jones, your eyes meet over fat and bones and tissues, blue and white and red that stretch from toe to hand to head. It makes me glad to have a skin to keep the outside bone side in. Now there are folks who would be sad if our insides were all they had to tell all kinds of folks apart. Perhaps they'd learn to read the heart instead of judging from a hue if one man's false or one man's true. Let's all join hands and feast our eyes on skins of every shape and size, of every tone of gold or white, of luscious black or dark or light, of every shade that folks come in. Rejoice and celebrate the skin. Susan, thank you so much for sharing your work with us. You're welcome. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Susan Engel musician, poet, and author. Her most recent publication is the biography entitled Robert Singstack Abbott, A Man, a Paper, and a Parade. You can visit her website, iambicnana.com, to read some of her poetry. That's I-A-M as in Mary, B as in boy, I-C, N as in Nancy, A, N as in Nancy, A.com, iambicnana.com. I play her musical compositions after the close of this program from her CDs. You can find links to her CDs and this interview, along with other interviews, on abahaiperspective.com. You can find this interview on the YouTube channel, A Baha'i Perspective. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching for A Baha'i Perspective. For information specifically on the Baha'i faith, you can go to the website baha'i.org or you can call the number 1-800-22-UNITE. I hope you join me next time on A Baha'i Perspective.
these children come and sing and play. Come and sing with us together, sing and sing with us today. Oh God, educate these children, come and sing and play.
lightning, snow, and grime rocks don't complain. They take the time to change. A rock is patient. A plant is patient. A seed grows when the time's just right. It knows the days for sun, the nights for rest. A plant is patient. A cow is patient. She stands all day to chew and eat. She gives us milk in cold and heat and rain. A cow is patient. Sometimes I'm patient. When people ask, I stop and wait. Sometimes it's hard, but it feels great to know I can be patient. The master was patient. He did just what God asked him to. I hope I grow up like Abdu'l-Baha, for he was patient. This is WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio station, streaming at www.valleyfreeradio.org.